Hi, let me see if I can get something done right now. I wasn't planning to talk about the Parsha of the Week. Altogether, my usual classes in which serve as my incubator for thinking about the Parsha, I have a ladies' class particularly on Wednesday. Can't do anything. We're all stuck in this isolation business. Um, but on the other hand, today's the yard set of a couple of people, friends of mine who asked to sponsor, and I want to honor that. And uh, anyway, frankly, I'd like to get this done so I won't, so I'll be able to concentrate on other things tomorrow. Um, it's very strange sitting here in the house alone. It's, I'm sure you're all in the same boat. Unless you're one of those nutball shows that has a minion anyway. Somebody just sent me a thing online in Muncie, other places. But if normal, everybody's stuck at home. Uh, but it's hard to come up with something with Parshish Vayikra. But now once you start to uh, plug, I'm, I'm relying on myself that I'll kickstart some thoughts. And that's how my mind works anyway. Um, so, uh, without any further ado, I just want to say that uh, today's... Uh, is the yard site that's being sponsored? The yard site by uh, a member of my show, Ken, Ken Birnbaum, for his father, Yosef Yehuda Ben Moshe. Again, Ken, like everybody else, can't say Kaddish, so this will have to do the, if you do a Dvar Torah or something, and said it's uh, also a big Indian. And also happens to be Norm Friedman, who I mentioned a month ago, uh, for Morrison, for Iron, for and Kenny, and uh, today's the Deshloshim. So that's something you also want to pay tribute on on that occasion as well. You know? The Lord works in strange ways. Suppose, you, suppose your father would live next year month and, and, and passed away in the middle of this corona business. There'd be no Leviathan, no nothing. You know, there'd be two people over there. It's strange how those works out. And Lahavdal bin Chaim Lachaim, and I use the word Chaim uh, advisedly, an old uh, student of mine, Chaim Markowitz, who's now in Pesach, is also sponsoring today in honor of his parents, who are uh, good friends of mine, Regina and, and, uh, and her husband. And Sheen's are for Shlema, and they're good, my Shiorim. And this is a family also I go with, like, dreams way back when. And Chaim's now one of those, uh, what do you call it, the, the, the guys who calculate the insurance? Well, the act, act, actuary, that's it, actuary. And uh, anyway, so I'm glad all these people are participating. And without any further ado, here we go. I'll try my best. Um, I have a class to teach in about 45 minutes, so. Will be less than that, but uh, really, in these times, uh, in these times and places, regular cottage is uh, is out, and regular aliyahs are out. It's the way it, the tzav hashah, the command of the hour, is to go this route. And it's very strange, of course, obviously, this happening at this particular time of the year. And the reason I say it is because uh, we're now in the month of Nisan. You know, they say mission, but it started outdoor, didn't it? It's a mission nifnazadamarbemesimcha, and uh, ain't no marbemesimcha when you're sucking house. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we'll pursue that idea. But, uh, applies to both. As soon as I thought of that, I, uh, turned around. At least I know where that's safe is. You get the Sharm Ritzion Balacha, which is one of my favorite cheetah books of all. Sharm Ritzion Balacha. It's in the bottom of Kisra Shulchanarach. And I remember he has there, yes it is, uh, where he's, I'm um, reading from the, here very briefly, Pesach. Hear what I just said? Rashi says, Mishnech Nesadar, because of the Nisim, the miracles that happened on Purim and Pesach, which means, Mishnech Nesadar ben Nisan Mar Simcha, that this month of Nisan also is the same din of Mar Simcha, which is not the way you usually think about it. Umashmi said, the lav davka Adar, for who din Nisan Mar Simcha, that uh, the, the din of Simcha applies to the month of Nisan as well, just by logic. V'yish segula liam Yisrael, and it's a special lucky time for the Jewish people. Well, well, well. What do we say now in the Corona situation? Uh, and he's got some 
Yaakov Emden Tshuva the back of but I just looked at it. It wasn't really there, so I don't know why he puts it out the way he says it. Um, but we're in a particular and peculiar time of the year. Today's Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Think about that. So it's, you know, supposed to be harder than Simcha. But how are you supposed to be Simcha if everybody's stuck in the house? I mean, that's the uh, irony of the whole business. Um, but, you know, that made me uh, think a little bit. Uh, because what's the definition of Simcha? Um, let me put it this way. Can you be Sameach by yourself? You know what I mean? Notice, without a lot of socializing. That's actually an extremely interesting question. And it goes to, um, to Parsha Vayikra, because, of course, it starts Vayikra Moshe. God calls him Moshe, and... First of all, listen, I can't help it. I'm in the round by business. I've got to be a little homiletical over here. It just struck me that uh, sometimes you bring a carbon mikem from you. This month, or this Shabbos, uh, we're all a carbon. Uh, we're the carbon. You know? <laughs> it's a carbonola, so to speak. Uh, you're not sacrificing something else. You're sacrificing yourself in the sense that you're sacrificing your shul, your davening, your, your uh, getting together with others, the learning perhaps, Certainly, the rest of the socializing, so the carbon, and we're doing it for the medical reasons, obviously, but let's elevate that. So we're doing it for the mitzvah of nishmartem lo nashatzechem. So on behalf of this mitzvah, you're being a big hakrava, as they call it in modern Hebrew, being a big personal sacrifice. We're doing it for the proper reason. You know what I'm Just like if, if in the old days you had a carbonola and a shlomim and a chattis and all that kind of stuff, this time you bring a carbon of, uh, you know, uh, what's the right word? Of self, uh, what's, what are we? Self distancing, yeah. So we bring a carbon of self distancing. Is this interesting? Because Adam Yikiriakri Mikam, I'm sure that's a famous word. I don't know if it's a Chazal or not. I don't think so, but Mikam, that from you, it's like written in this form. You see that. Um, so that's the first thing that strikes in mind. And uh, second of all, the other thing that strikes in mind is do we have a biblical figure who was condemned to isolation for a long period of time? And the answer to a long period of time, the answer to that question is Moses. <laughs> Agree? Uh, God says, you stay with me. The whole Parsha of Ikra takes place in the context where Moshe is staying away from everybody else, or more, more importantly, staying away from his wife. We know this. Uh, it is striking to me that, there, that this is Parsha of Ikra is read in the middle of the week of isolation. Because Moshe Rabbeinu is many things. One of the things he is, not the only thing, one of the things he is, is a uh, famous figure of isolation. Because that, my friends, is the story of, of Aaron and, 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 uh, and Miriam. What was the Lashon Horal about? You know the story. That after the Ten Commandments were given, God says, um, which means I want you to be separate from everybody else, which is just a very interesting idea because you don't know why. I mean, the obvious idea of speculation is you, you have to be more into Hisbotidus and uh, what's the right word? Dvekus. And if you stay away from everybody else, that'll take away the things that stare you from the Dvekus. I guess that's the normative spiritualistic kind of way of thinking. Why does Moses have to, why could Moses go back and be among the people and uh, get communication from God? He would remain righteous. Uh, perhaps it means that when you hang around people, it's hard to stay righteous because stuff happens. We do know, for example, I mean, just for example, the Moshe blew his top a couple of times, right? There were occasions when he got angry. And it says, once he got angry, in the Salman men halacha, he, he messed up on the din, which is just very interesting. The Chazal do not, portray Moshe Rabbeinu as infallible, incapable of error. Uh, on the contrary, he was uh, pretty good about it 99% of the time, you know, or 98% of the time. But once in a while, he, he not. And, uh, you know, it's, it, we always say, I'm always made the point, don't say Moshe Rabbeinu had the greatest IQ of anybody that ever lived. Don't say that. 
And don't say Moshe, you know what I mean, was the greatest uh, genius uh, in math or science or anything. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. Don't, you don't get that in any indication one way or the other. I know he wasn't the greatest architect because he had to get Batal to build a Mishkan, right? And there are Chazals that say, Moshe says, I can't do this. And Hashem, don't worry, we'll get you help. Uh, we wouldn't necessarily say Moshe was the greatest judicial organizer in the world because it seems like uh, Yisra had to give him advice. So Moshe had his qualities. He was Onov, he was Emes, he was uh, willing to be Moser Nefesh for Kali Yisrael. That's not a quality you find too often. You know, uh, totally misbatal. He, he had the spiritual qualities for his particular calling, which was to be the person who gave the Torah. But that doesn't mean, you know, that he w- was A-plus in everything. You know, only a dictator goes around saying, you know, Stalin is the best mathematician. Stalin is the best aviator. Stalin is the best artist, you know. Uh, we, don't, we don't have a thing like that. Especially with the greatest person in the spiritual sense because of the unique qualities he brought. Doesn't mean he had every quality. So I'm only saying that by a preface to possible, I wasn't there, possible, that the uh, reason Hashem said, Poa Modi Modi is, I don't want you to get among the other people. They'll drag you down. Uh, imagine if, if uh, you know, you have family quarrels and things like that, uh, which can happen. Uh, then uh, you'll, you'll lose your drakas, you'll lose this, you'll get angry, you'll make mistakes, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll do things like that. And I want you to stay with me all the time, Poa Modi Modi. It is also possible, because none of us will ever know, that once you reach a certain madrega, it's uh, it's not possible to come down from it successfully. In other words, once Moshe reached the top of the mountain, if I can use that terminology, maybe uh, it, it, if you go down, it, it crashes or whatever. I, I don't know. I never experienced it. But it's interesting that as a result of what I just said, Moshe is in perpetual self-distancing, perpetual, what do they call it now? Sheltering in place. You know, all those terminology that we're using this week. He had to live alone, live by himself. Now, he did go among others, but he wore a mask. Isn't that funny? <laughs> There's so many parallels to the current situation. When he went among the people, he wore a mask. Uh, but when he, of course, what? and I'll bet you, I'll bet you money to Ralbog or somebody like that says it's for hygiene purposes. I don't know. You know, there's always somebody who's left wing showing him to talk like that. But even if you, you know, say it's a spiritual thing, the mask and all the rest of it, you know, you take the mask on, you take the mask off. Uh, I remember Derek Hagav, the Dinitziv, has a famous tishuba, a famous tishuba, where he was responding to an article by the Belzers in their Belzer magazine of 1870-something or other, because the Belzers were in Galicia, and there they already developed a very intense um, hatred and uh, political uh, hostility between the from and the not from, specifically in the between the anti from on the one hand and the Hasidim on the other. And the Belzer Rebbe, at that time, established a separate organization, the forerunner of the Agoda. Many people don't know. I think it was called Shlomo Emunah Yisrael, I think. Or maybe it was called Machzik Yadah. one of those names. And he set up a newspaper. And in the newspaper, somebody wrote an article that there is there a right wing, a left wing, and a middle in Judaism. And then it was one of the people who responded to that. And his he, he did not approve of uh, you know, his badlus and that they should form... Notice, and it's even not approval of what is emerging in our world today, which is more Hershey and, you know, where people have totally separate communities, either formal or informal. In America, you have informal and didn't have anything to do with anybody else. But that's a different schmooze. But in the course of that, I remember he had very long and very interesting remarks. It's one of the speeches I've taken on the road once in a while when I do scholar residences, but not for a while. Last time was in Milwaukee, I think. Uh, it's a very interesting too, and it's online in English. If you, you know, go Google around, You'll find it is translated in English. 
And um, he says, you know, Moshe could take it off, put it on. When he put on the mask, he was into, uh, yeah, what shall I say, his bodidus, you know, introspection. He was he he lost himself in higher thought. And when he took it off, when he took the mask off, then he could interact with people. So that'd be the reverse of what I'm saying. Uh, but the Pasha is, don't hang around everybody so much. Because if you do, they'll drag you down rather than you dragging them up. They'll drag you down rather than you dragging you up. That's just kind of interesting. Uh, and therefore, what, what, what can I say? Moshe goes through 40 years in the desert without any friends, without any buddies. When anybody can, can uh, what's the right expression? Unload at the end of the day. That's, you know, we don't usually think of Moshe in that, in that sense. And it's a command that he obeyed, and it's a price that he paid to fulfill the mission that he had. But I know who made the sacrifice besides Moshe, Tzipporah. That's why she was complaining. If she's identical to Isha Kush, I'm just going with Rashi now, without going into the question, the separate question of whether Moses had an Ethiopian wife, without getting in that whole business. Um, let's say it was Tzipporah. So she was saying, I don't have a husband. You understand? He's isolated himself. And uh, I live here and he lives there. And as you know, Aharon and Miriam did not think that that was the right policy. Isn't that funny? So now we're back to a parallel, a biblical parallel with the current situation. Some people say you should open the shoals and some people shouldn't open the shoals. You know, Aaron and Miriam would say, you know, Harak, Moshe Diber, Rabbana Diber, you know, the, we, we don't have a, a policy of, uh, of self-isolation. And God has, you know, punished Miriam and said, Moshe has to have a policy of self-isolation. So uh, it's just interesting that here we have a, a, a parsha that talks about sacrifice, right? Carbon, giving something up. I mean, what's the purpose of offering an animal? It's supposed to be your car. Well, that's a complicated question, actually, uh, because sacrifice is an English word. You know, you make something sacred. Uh, but I think you know what I mean. When we talk in regular English, you give of yourself. So the idea of your mockery, you know, you carbon, you own an animal, you give it animals a carbon, you're giving of yourself. Uh, certainly in the monetary sense and certainly in the symbolic sense. Uh, but uh, on the other hand, how's it all tied with the simcha? You know, we have certain kamonas that are supposed to promote the simcha. You have shlamim, shlami simcha, you know, supposed to do simcha. And other kamonas are supposed to uh, not do simcha, but rather evoke introspection. For example, comes to mind the first part and the first uh, carbon this week. It's about the carbonola. What's the carbonola all about? Uh, remember, an ola is a voluntary offering. I'm talking about the regular ola, not the ola. It's Tibor. The ola, the yachid. It's a voluntary offering. I don't have to ever bring a carbon. If I want to bring a carbon, I bring a carbon. Uh, who does that? Somebody did a sin with nobody's doggone business what they did. Right? So as we usually put it, it's a machshava vart. I had a bad machshava. Whatever kind of machshava. I had a bad machshava. Well, nobody knows that except me. Right? Nobody knows that except me. And so... Um, uh, if if uh, I want to bring a carbonola, it's a personal, spiritual kind of step. It's nobody's business between me and, me, me and God. Onam kiyakov mikem ola Hashem. It's a vort in mikem. It's a you thing. It's a very personal thing. And uh, as you know, it's a minabokar minatzon takrivus karbatem. You can bring from different type of animals. And I've always said that um, some of them intersect with the chatas and uh, you know the goat and all that. And that's to, uh, how should I put it? That's to, at least as I understand it, if I want to bring a carbon and I did something wrong, nobody has to know. It's not, it's not your business. 
So I come to the base of Megis with a carbonola. Uh, if everybody, if there was a special animal, let's say it was a, a, a red bull, <laughs> and that's the only thing you bring a carbonola. Well, if I brought one, people said, well, what sin did you think? What were you doing wrong? Now, it's possible for me to get out of it and say, I just feel totally stam and Velterine, like I want to give a, a, a sacrifice, a dedication to Hashem. But people would say, oh, yes, cats, when did you become a big giver? You know what I mean? <laughs> Obviously, you must have done something uh, personal. What were you watching? What were you reading? You know, what were you thinking? That's a very embarrassing, okay? And, uh, but if you bring the kind of animal that could be either Nola or a Chatas or something else, which it can be Nola or Chatas, then it's nobody's business. Then a person brought a sin offering. Everybody brings a Chatas. I'm going to raise your hand if you never did a sin. You know what I'm saying? And by the way, Chatas when you do a Shogig. So now you did Bemezid. And Shogig, of course, means, uh, shall we say, criminal negligence? You know, you were negligent. Uh, if not an onus. Who has not done an, a chatos? Right? Even the rabbis think more talk about it. So, so that's not, you know, if I saw, if Katz brings a karm chatos, you didn't have error, you know, whatever it is, didn't have error. Only hawkers at the back of the base minister, I guess, gee, I saw Ramosha Feinstein bring a karm chatos. Whatever it is, let's, let's all speculate, you know. And you have to be a real Lush and Heart type of guy to get into that. But Ola is actually intriguing. Because all he said is, what was he thinking? What what bad machshava did he have? You know, leads are very speculative. Uh, now, uh, my point is, the old very introspective. And um, let me put it this way: the person who brings a carbon ola, it's not associated with simcha. The shlamim is associated with the simcha, but the ola is a kind of a simcha because the system is. Maybe you don't know this that. When a person brings a carbon based amygdala, he doesn't bring it, the Kohen brings it. Now, from a technical perspective, he can do the Shechita, but the Kohen then takes over from there. And I'll bet you 99%, I don't, look, I wasn't there, I don't know, but I'll bet you most of the time the Kohen does the Shechita and everything. So a guy or a woman or a woman brings an animal offering of whatever type. And uh, they don't just offer it up and say, I'm bringing Ola. You have to do Vidoy. Remember this? You have to do Vidoy. So uh, if he did a chatos, he'd have to say, listen, I did this following, uh, you know, Lo's, I'll say whatever it is, uh, you know, uh, let, let me put it this way. I was negligent in Shemir Shabbos, and they ended up doing a malacha. I'm sure it's happened, <laughs> right? I'm sure everybody here, you know, one time or another did something wrong on Shabbos, which if you get down to nitty gritty, might turn out to be a derisa. And I'm assuming you did with Shogig, not Bemezid. And, uh, and consequently, you know, you got to bring a karmakatas. So when he comes to base Amigdash, the Kohen said, well, what are you doing? He said, I'm bringing a karmakatas. Well, what's the vidoy? Meaning, you'll have to confess like a Catholic priest. You have to confess to the Kohen what exactly you did wrong. Now, that means the job of the Kohen is to keep his big fat mouth shut. It's, he's the person over the vehicle, you might say, and he doesn't grant absolution, but the vidoy is part of the process of the bringing of the carbon. Now, what does a person do when he, I'm, I'm serious, you know, what does a person do if he or she did a sin and now they regret it? Because no point bringing a carbon if you don't regret it. So they did the teshuva, let's say, and that uh, based on which is a schlep. And uh, I mean, if you live far from Jerusalem, and they bought the money and they bring a carbon and they do the confession and they did everything they're supposed to do. And the coin says everything went right, then you're happy. And I was got that one out of the way, knocked that one out. Until now, I had a chiv to do a 
Vera had the, the, the obligation to hang over my head, and now I fulfilled everything I'm supposed to do. And part of the teshuva, as you and I know, is charot all over, but Kabbalah said, I really promise to make a good faith effort not to do this sin again. That's all. Uh, the person is happy. I said, Simcha. Who's the Simcha? It's a personal. Well, maybe not. If it's a chatos, everybody knows why you went to Jerusalem to bring a karma chatos, because everybody in your family knows three weeks ago on Shabbos or whatever it is, you did something which amounts to a, a malacha. Didn't do it on purpose, but you should have known better. And uh, and therefore, let me put it this way, the whole family is happy. So it's a social thing. I'll bet you money that in the old days, if the scene happened that I just described, that I'm just imagining, but I think it's true, if someone did a, a Navera and they brought the Karmakatas and all that kind of stuff the way they're supposed to do, I imagine when they came back, person like this, I'm making, I'm uh, like to use American language today, I'm making a kiddish in shul. I'm uh, sponsoring a shal I'm making something at my house. Why? Knocked off an Avera. That's pretty good. <laughs> you know, that's pretty, that's a, that's a good reason to rejoice. I did, you know, I did whatever the Torah prescribes. It's called Pashas Vayikor Tzavash, meaning, you know, I, I, I did what the Torah tells me to do. I did what God tells me to do. I did a mistake. I did an Avera. That happened. No question about it. I'm not denying it. And now I did what restitution the way it's supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if it was me, or I bet you it was you, then when you got back to your town, you said, I guess, you know, I was a Yushalayim not long ago. I want to make a Kiddush. Or I'm going to make a, some kind of a Simcha. And it would be a public Simcha. Now I'm going to contrast everything I just said with an Ola. And again, I'm just speculating, but that's all you can do with this stuff. Suppose I had a Ben Makshava. It's embarrassing. It's nobody's business. The Torah doesn't even say you have to bring a carbon. It's entirely a matter of conscience. The person who had a bad machshava and um, now feels bad enough about it that he wants to bring a carbonola has already gone through the the, 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 the process of um, what's the right word? Of uh, feeling bad about it. Regret. And he's sufficiently moved by the sin that he says, I'm going to Jerusalem bring a bull or a, or a goat or whatever it is. I mean, he's going to spend money. And when he goes to the Kohen, it's going to be a painful, though cathartic, experience. Because the Kohen is going to say, what do you bring up? Bring Carbonola. Why you bring a Carbonola? If you want it to work, you got to confess. The Vidu is part of the Ola, so you got to confess. And um, he'll say, I guess, listen, I, I, I had the following Beit Machshav or something like that. Now, that could be, in my opinion, extremely embarrassing. So you'd have to pick a coin who doesn't have a big mouth um, and a coin, I would imagine, who's been around the corner a couple of times so he knows the human nature. Uh, some would have experience. And to such a place, you just have to let it, you have to tell it all out the way a person would, would, would reveal secrets to somebody else. And then the coin would supervise the bringing of the Ola. And I'm sure the coin would say like this, listen, you know, you know what you did. And now uh, this is the required uh, atonement, and uh, go and send them more. I think that person would come back and be very besimcha. However, he wouldn't make a kiddish. <laughs> you see? Because it's, no, it's, it's embarrassing. It's nobody's business. He, that's what you call a coronavirus simcha. He would be, you know, by himself. <laughs> if I was making the movie, he'd go down to his room and nobody's looking and pour himself a little chayim or something like that. And, uh, you know, say, hooray. Because uh, I did something wrong, 
and it was bad because we consider Machshava worse than a Maisa sometimes. And, you know, there's this, I have this book somewhere called Shmir, some Machshava, something like that. My goodness, bring all the Makoras on how the Machshava is worse than the Maisa in certain, in certain areas. And uh, he would then say, um, he would then say that, um, what do you call it? They would, um, well, let me put it this way. He, he, he'd be happy. He'd say, I, I did what I needed to do and it's gone. I put that behind me. Um, that person would be in a big simcha, but I don't think he'd be able to tell anybody unless he had a really good friend. I mean, a really good friend. Very few people have that kind of really good friend. You tell your worst things to them. And uh, that'd be a... <laughs> the most you'd have is the person would say, I want to give a kiddish, but I don't want to say why. You know what I mean? Uh, a good thing happened to me, I don't want to say why. What, what, what is that? That's, that's Anam Kiyakar Mikem. But then it's a carbon Lashem. In that situation, carbon means to bring you closer from the word Karev, right? So carbon Lashem meaning the thing that I did, the oil that I brought, is now Lashem, and me and him, me and God are okay, and I'm moving on. I'm moving on. Uh, that is at least the best I can think of to connect our Parsha today and the kind of thoughts that must have inhabited the minds of people long ago when they had this carbon system, which you and I do not have today, obviously. And uh, it does illustrate that there are occasions in which um, joy is personal and uh, isolated. King Solomon does mention this, where he says, Lev yodea maras nafsho v'sim chasa Lev yodea maras nafsho, the heart knows its own pain. V'sim and in its simcha, lo no one else can participate, can, can interfere. Meaning there are aspects of life that are highly personal. It may not be as radical as being quarantined in a coronavirus environment, which is a physical, but I think that even without this, there are people that are inhabiting isolated um, states of consciousness and mind and social relations. And it's possible, therefore, for a person to be in the middle of a crowd and be as isolated as someone in a coronavirus house. And um, I think, the, I'll just end with this, that uh, those who are living uh, isolated lives, in general, I'm thinking of singles, older people, things like this, uh, you know, perhaps we don't uh, give them enough thought, because now we're in the same boat that they are. And I'm not here to give Muslim music, because you never know if this is the real reason, but it strikes me that there must be something to what I'm saying. Anyway, those are my thoughts, and I wish everybody a good Shabbos, even though it's going to be one of those cases of Levi de Morris Nausho, of Sim Chaso, Lo Zar. I have a funny story to tell about that, but I think I'll save that for another occasion. Have a good Shabbos.